minds, our thoughts, our spirits to the Word of God and let it change. The Spirit of God, we welcome you. We want to be changed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John 15, 16. You're going to want to turn in a few moments to uh, Galatians, but John 15, 16. I have a lot of scriptures. I throw them up there, but John 15, 16 says this, and I, I believe I have it. It says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask me in my name. So we live in America, and we think we, think we have everything. We think we've chosen Jesus, right? Come on, we, I chose this faith. No, God chose you. He chose it for everyone to know Him. And He says, now I've chosen you, and I want you to bear fruit. Then, John 15, 4, kind of the key thought that we've been going with this abiding series is, remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, God expects His children to be fruitful. Can you say fruitful? fruitful. Not fruity, but fruitful. Okay, God wants His children to be fruitful. Now, we're going to be talking about today the works of the flesh. We're going to be talking about the beginning of the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? So, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Can you imagine how much better our world would be if even the church would begin to practice these fruits? Amen? And it began to spread to our world. Amen? How can you tell that an orange tree is an orange tree? Anybody? Okay, you're like, Pastor, come on, don't insult my... 598 IQ. Come on. Come on, Pastor. Okay, so how can you tell that an apple tree is an apple tree? The fruit, right? The fruit that comes off the tree. So you can tell something by its fruit. You're supposed to be able to tell a Christian by their fruit. We live in a land where a lot of people say they're Christians or a lot of people say, I believe in God, but there's a lack of fruit. And you see, God says, no, there has to be fruit in order to be a believer. Amen? You don't earn your way, you don't work your way, but it comes out of our lives. Amen? I mean, an apple tree cannot squeeze out an orange. Oh, orange, come on! It's not going to happen. A non-Christian cannot squeeze out Christian fruit. And a Christian, likewise, should have the fruit of God coming out of their lives. Amen? And so, Christians, I have to serve you notice that we must be fruitful. Today, many people claim they're Christians, but they have a whole different standard. They have a whole different perception of what that means. Here's what 1 John 2.6 says. Whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. That's the standard. You got it? You know, if you claim to be a Christian, then you must walk as Jesus did. If you claim to be a Christ follower, His fruit must come out of your lives. Are you ready? So the first thing, this is very simple, a little bit of repeat. Letter A, number one, A, uh, is, uh, letter one is a true Christian bears fruit. Letter A, Christ must live in them. Okay? Is that simple, right? Pretty simple. A real Christian has Jesus in their heart. Jesus is working from the inside out. He's transforming them. Remember we talked about renewing your mind, renewing your thinking. We talked about living, letting God take you out. And by the way, little commercial from last week. If you missed last Sunday's message, it was a powerful message from the Lord. Either go to, to the website, 
download it, listen to it, or get a copy of the CD. There's a little form in there. Uh, it was powerful from the Lord, okay? To help us to realize that we don't have to think like the world, okay? So when Jesus renews you, He changes your thinking. He changes your attitudes. He changes your life for the better. We become a new creation. I quoted this last week. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Check this out. You don't have to be controlled by your past anymore. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to be controlled by your bad habits anymore. You don't have to be controlled by a family curse, whatever that is, anymore. Amen? Well, Pastor Stan, my, my parents were alcoholics, their parents were alcoholics, their parents, so therefore I'm alcoholic. No, in Christ, he could say, that's gone. Old is gone. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not demeaning that, but God can control that and help you. Amen? Well, my parents were warriors. I'm a warrior. Let God renew your thinking this morning. Amen? Let Him transform you. The old is gone. Amen? So the new has come. So let the new come by abiding in Christ. Amen? Now, a person can claim they're a Christian all they want, but Jesus must be coming out of their lives. His fruit, His actions. You see, it's like, and we talk about this in the home, because sports kids get sweaty and stinky, don't they? You ever had a sport? And boys are the worst. Come on, ladies, I know that. Girls, they, I mean, they're, you know, pee a little bit. But here's the thing. I remember in football, we'd have football practice, you know, and guys would be in a hurry. they want to shower after practice in high school. So they put on cologne on their stank. And we said, that just, you just made it worse, dude. It doesn't, it doesn't make you smell any better. It just, it's worse. It's, it's, like, it's even more so. It's, it's like flashlights. I stink. I stink. And, and like, oh my goodness. And see, what people do in the world is they have all these issues. That if I just go to church and put Jesus on my life, He'll make me better. It just makes it worse. You're just you're announcing the world that I'm trying to cover over my sins and my bad life by putting this religious activity on. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus changes you from the inside out. He washes you. He takes the stink away. Isn't that awesome? And so when you're a Christian, the life of God comes out of your life. And you can't just claim you're a Christian by being good. Jesus comes out. So let her be. A true Christian bears fruit. Let her be. They're recognized by their fruit. Matthew 7 17, and it's a long set of scriptures, and I'm not going to read it, but I have it. Write this down. If it's, it might even be in your notes. But basically, Jesus says, I'll read the first part of it. It says, Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Okay, so a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. In other words, a person can say they're a Christian all they want, but if Jesus isn't in their lives, bad fruit's going to come out. You understand that? So likewise, a Christian, you should not be bearing bad fruit. Okay? The life of a Christian should show naturally. Okay, pastor, I got it. I think I'm going... Good. Alright, so that way I can move on here. Good works come out of us not because we're earning God's works, but it's because God is changing us. You want to do good things. You want to be right in God's eyes because Jesus is changing your life. Amen? People will know that you belong to Jesus. And I love this. Acts 4.13. Acts 4.13 says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, Ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. People can tell when we're with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Amen. Alright, so here's the second thing. I've got to move into this because you have to hear this, okay? I'm going to try not to rush. I know I get in a hurry. But I want to talk about, just for a few moments before I move into the, the fruit of the Spirit, is 
the, the non-Christian fruit. So if you want to take your Bible to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, and I'm going to start in verse 19, but actually I want to read verse 16 first. Galatians 5, verse 16. Here's how you can overcome your flesh. Here's how you can overcome the things of the world. So I say, verse 16, Galatians 5, 16, you're turning there, I know that. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature, verse 17, desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit, that is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other. So that you do not do what you want, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, now, here's some non-Christian fruit. Okay, these are the works of the flesh, the Scripture says. Okay, here it is, Galatians verse 19. It says, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and enviness, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, this is Paul speaking, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, now let me read the next one so you'll be encouraged. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So Paul is distinguishing. He said these are, the, these are the works of the flesh and these are the fruits of the Spirit. They are in contrast one to another. And he says Christians should not have the works of the flesh flowing out of our lives just like nothing. Like, right? You understand what I'm saying? So let me tell you, because we live in a sex-perverted society. Come on, amen, right? You cannot turn on your TV or turn on the songs or, or get on the internet or watch them without there being some kind of pornographic images. Some kind of sexual in you. And sex is a good thing that God created between married couples, man and woman. And the world has taken it and perverted it. And now every day they just bombard us every day about this stuff. And they tell us it's okay. Well, hey, it's okay. If it feels good, do it. And, and so you say, well, you know, hey, it's, it's cool. There's nothing. But let me tell you what God says. Because God is the final authority in all this. Amen? Here's what he says, okay? So let me talk about this. The Bible clearly states that these fruits are not from God. These are not for his church to be living in, in a natural thing. These are the outflow of your flesh when God is not in charge, when you are not in Christ, okay? So let me talk about this. Here's the breakdown, okay? The first one is sexual immorality. That's in Galatians 5:19. Sexual immorality, okay? This is immoral sexual conduct. In other words, Having sex before you're married is a sin. Five people said, I know people don't like to hear that anymore. It's a sin. Pornography, pornographic films, pictures, writings, they're a sin. Adultery is a sin. And this also, the scripture talks about wrong sexual relationships. This includes homosexuality. I know we live in a society, well, they were born that way. We're all born sinners. We were all born in sin. Until Christ changed us. And you can't change God's word. Amen? So the Bible clearly states that these things... Okay, so let me move on. Impurity. So there's sexual immorality, then there's impurity. Now impurity are some sexual things, but it's also evil deeds and vices, including thoughts and desires of the heart. This is kind of like pus from, a, from an impure wound. You squeeze it and it comes out. You see, if you begin to take garbage in, what happens to your life? Garbage comes out. You know, and, you, and you people say, well, it doesn't matter what I do in my home, it's none of your business. 
And whatever I do in the privacy doesn't affect you. Yes, it does. That's why we see these pedophiles. They, they feast on this garbage, right? And then what happens? They start feasting on our kids. Because it's impure. It comes out. It, what you feed yourself comes out. I know this is an adult theme message, and I know this teenager, but you've got to hear this. Don't let the world tell you that this is wrong, what I'm telling you. This, or, or what living like this is wrong. Don't let them tell you it's good. The next thing. Of course, impurity also is, is the excess sexual humor. You, if you have a person that's always pushing the envelope, I, I'm guaranteeing you that there's a person that probably has a problem. Watching and doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing because if it comes out in their humor all the time, that's, that's what it is. Amen? Debauchery. Debauchery is sensuality. This is following one's passions and desires to the point that you have no shame about it. There's no restraint. Uh, what would happen if you ate a, a box of Krispy Kreme donuts every hour? Oh, but it tastes good, Pastor Sam. You're not my judge. How dare you judge me? No, I'm not your judge, but you're killing yourself. You see what our society says? How dare you judge me? I can do what I want. You sure can, but you're going to kill yourself. And not only are you going to kill yourself, but you're going to hurt those around you. And so when people say, I can do what I want, I I can do and, and be what I want to be, the Bible says, no, you can't, because it's destructive to you, first and foremost. And that's why we see more. In fact, now we're seeing that, that people that stand up for biblical marriage are now being persecuted. We see more people flaunting their lifestyles that are ungodly. And people are celebrating. Hey, it's cool. Yeah, great. Let me move on. Maybe some of you are uncomfortable. God is trying to speak to the church. We are not of this world. We don't have to participate in the garbage the world has. Amen? Idolatry. I mean, this is clear out simple. This is the worship of other people besides God. This is the worship of anything before God. Amen? Come on, you know this, right? This includes the worship of spirits or angels, uh, persons, graven images, such as uh, an image of a saint, Mother Mary, Michael Jordan, RG3, Barack Obama. George Bush. I know some people hate him, but, but we see we have this proliferation now of people that are worshiping politicians, worshiping musicians. And I, and I applaud people. Hey, you got a gift, you got a talent. That's awesome. But they're not God. Amen? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. This is sorcery, spiritism, black magic, white magic. It's all the same. Uh, worship of demons, the use of drugs to produce spiritual feelings. This is, listen to this, spells, chants, mantras. Now I hear that sometimes in the Christian church, well, I'm going to do this mantra. You should not do mantras. You should pray to God. You should speak in the authority of Jesus. Amen? Included in this, you should not do tarot cards. You should not be playing with the Ouija board. This is witchcraft. In fact, the Bible forbids believers from doing this stuff. Going to seances, going to a fortune teller, uh, horoscopes. Those are all forbidden. Mediums, there's a show on and it's like such and such a medium. And I don't like that. I rebuke that show every time I see it coming on. I rebuke that. I say, Lord, and when I walk by or drive out when I'm in a town and I see like fortune telling, I, I say, I curse that shop in Jesus' name. Why? Because it's deceptive and it pulls people away from God. It's evil. If I had all day, I could tell you about how many people that we've seen delivered from that stuff and the demonic, we've had to cast demonic spirits out of them. White magic. Mantras. No, you say prayers to God. You speak the Word of God. Amen? You don't need that stuff. Amen? Good preaching, right? Here's another one. Oh, hatred. This is intense. The only person you should hate is Satan. And he's a spiritual being. He's not really a person. 
Intense, hostile inacts, intentions and acts, extreme dislike or, or enmity. Christians are not to hate people. And this is the person who's always the antagonist, who always wants to hate. Believers should not hate other people of another political party. You should not hate another person of another religion. Are you following me? You should love them in the love of Christ. You don't have to agree with them. You don't have to celebrate what they do, but you can still love them. Jesus loved all people. And there's a difference. You see, our, our, our intolerant society says we're intolerant because we don't accept them and, and, and celebrate them. You don't have to accept their sin or their different belief. You can still accept them as a person. And say, I respect you for who you are. And I respect you that you have your own beliefs. That's fine. But I, I may not agree with them. But I still love you. I don't hate you. Amen? God loves all people. Amen? Discord. You doing good? This is good preaching, right? We need the truth. Amen? Discord. This is, this is oh, I know none of you like to do this. Quarreling. Antagonism. A struggle for superiority. Uh, this is sometimes seen when a pastor wants to have his way in his church and he, and he browbeats him. Or when someone is upset about the pastor leadership and they try to get people with them to, to cause a problem there. That's not of the Lord. Did you know that? When you have a problem with someone in the church, what are you supposed to do? Say that again? Go where? You go to them. You don't go to, hey, Shelly, did you know Lawrence Cole? Where is he? Hey, I just wanted you to pray with me about Lawrence. Uh, that is not biblical. Amen? Good preaching. Amen? You have a problem with me? Come to me. I have a problem with you? I'm going to come to you. You have a problem with your co-workers, your boss, your family member? Go to them. Amen? Don't tweet it. Don't Instagram it. Don't Facebook it. Go to them. Amen? Are you following? Good stuff. Less stress if you follow these words. This is also discord is the person that deceives doing whatever they have to do to get what they want. Jealousy. Jealousy. Are you good? Jealousy is, of course, resentfulness. Envy of another's success or their possessions. It can be recognition. It can be possessions. It can be honor. It can be position. Many people envy other people or are jealous of them. Alright? Uh, fits of rage. Isn't this fun? Oh, I love this one. And last time I threw my water bottle and it splashed on me, so I'm not going to do that. And I don't want to shock you, but this is the person who gets mad all the time. Right? And we do it. I, get, I mean, there are things that set me off. You can ask my family. And sometimes they know which buttons to push. And I like to push buttons too. Bad, bad pastor stance. But you see, every one of us is like, well, it's okay. It's just, it's, just a, it's just this area of my life. And God says, no. No. Well, it's just this one little indiscretion. God says no. Fits of rage are not a fruit of the Spirit. They're the work of your flesh. How many times have we gotten a fit of rage and we have ruined a relationship? We have wrecked something. We have caused more problems because of our fit of rage. And we think, well, it's cool, man. This, this is the way it is today. Everyone does it. It doesn't make it right. Amen? Selfish ambition. This is seeking power or a following. This is Dictators do this often. This is getting ahead at other expenses. This is, again, saying that either you have to be a Democrat or Republican or Communist or whatever to be accepted. 
Dissensions. Are you doing good? still good? Really quiet. Dissensions. We're still in, in the, the works of the flesh. Dissensions. This is, this is introducing divisive teachings not supported by the Word of God. And in the church, there's a lot of divisive teachings the enemy tries to throw in. Let me give you a real clue. Okay, Whenever a person comes into the church and he divides you from someone else, that's not of the Lord. Ever. Do you guess this? When, when someone comes in and they start pointing out the faults of us, do you know Pastor Stan did this? Did you know that Shelley did this? Did you know that, that so-and-so did this? And they start dividing us? That's the work of the devil. Because remember the Bible says to live in unity. Not uniformity, but live in unity. Be separate, but be united in purpose. Be united in heart. Are you doing good? This is why you see problems in your home. This is why you see problems at work. This is why we see problems in the nation, because the devil is using this to cause problems. Amen? Dissension, and, and I, oh, I hate, and I, and I said I wouldn't do this, but this is championing the opposite view just to be against. Sounds like the Democrats and the Republicans, right? I mean, the Democrats, we're for this, and also the Republicans, we're against it. Republicans, we're for this, the Republicans, we're for this, the Democrats, we're against it. That's dissension. Could be the greatest idea in the world, but because the other party came up with it, they're against it. How foolish. I remember at my first church, we're getting ready for a board meeting, and the pastor was going to introduce something, and, and one of the older board members said, if there's anything new in the board, a little kind of a country farmer guy, anything new in, in the board meeting, I'm against it. Why? Because it's new. <laughs> so death is okay, but news, you're against it. Do you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we get so caught up and we get so set in our ways. Well, I don't like the new ways. News is not always better. That's true, but sometimes it is. I'm glad that I have telephones today. I mean, there's a lot of new things that I like. There's old things that I, I miss. But if you're doing it just to cause, to be against, that's not God. If you're just being contentious to be contentious, that is sin. That's a good amen. amen. Come on, amen? Pastor, did someone come after you this week? No, I've I got to preach the whole Word of God all the time. You can't just have the, the cake too. The avocados and the chips and salsa. Sometimes you have to have the meat. Or the vegetables, like the celery. Some of you love celery. A couple of, wow, good. You see, some of us, like, we, when we bring celery down, our, I mean, our girls aren't, they're not, it's, like, it's good for you. You know, broccoli. I mean, our kids love broccoli, but I remember, anyway. So, factions, moving on, dissensions and factions. This is, this is divisions within the congregation, which are now selfish groups. Well, we follow Pastor Stan. Well, we follow Pastor Daniel. Well, we follow uh, Sam. No, we follow, no, we follow Christ. Do you see what I'm saying? And I hate seeing this in the church, and I hate seeing this in the nation, and I hate seeing it in the kingdom of God. This is also, listen to this, this is also rejecting the truths of the Bibles and standing against churches that hold the truth of the Bible. So when, when the, the churches say, hey, we're for traditional marriage, and other churches say, you guys are a bunch of haters, they are wrong. They have lost contact with Jesus. Well, Jesus never said homosexuality is wrong. Okay, yes, he did. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. John, 4, John 1, 14 says, and the Word became flesh. If Jesus is the Word of God and it's written in the Word of God, then he therefore said it. Are you following me? So he's against unbiblical things, but he wants you to be free. Envy. Envy, okay? You're doing good? I'm almost done with this. Isn't this exciting? I'm almost done with the works of the flesh. Envy. 
This is similar to jealousy, but it's a little bit different. Envy is resentful dislike of another person who has something that you desire. And not only is that, it's not just so much wanting the neighbor's car, but it's hating the fact that your neighbor has that car. I'm going to step on some toes, but it's even the class warfare we're seeing. Well, the poor, the poor deserve it. The, you know, these, these people struggle and they deserve it. And the, the, we should take from the rich and give to the poor. This is not Robin Hood theology. If they worked hard for it, God bless them. If they stole for it, then they should be persecuted. Yes, they should be prosecuted by the law. Amen? God will deal with them, but we have no right to take from something. Oh, Daniel, you have a shoe? Shoes, let me take those from you because they don't have shoes. It's not fair that you have shoes. You see, we, are, we see our government is doing this to us. The world system is telling us we're wrong to have stuff more than other people. That's communism. Well, Pastor, Jesus was in the community. Community is different than communism. Because communism, a few people are in charge. A community is where a family we share out of our love for everyone else. Now, if Pastor Daniel wants to give his shoes to someone who needs shoes, that's awesome. But we should not force it. You see, this is, this is envy. It's unfair that they have it. Well, maybe they worked for it. Well, they didn't. Their mom and dad, they gave it to them. That's awesome. The Bible says you shouldn't envy them. Amen? Good preaching. Drunkenness. Okay, I know this is going to rub some people wrong, but the Bible says you're not to be drunk with wine or beer or any alcohol or drugs. Okay, well, it means I can take drugs. No, you should take prescription drugs that are prescribed by your doctor the way they prescribe it. Well, Pastor Shane, you don't get it. I have to self-medicate to make it because this, my job is horrible. That self-medication can ruin you. The Bible is against you getting stoned, getting drunk, getting, getting wasted. Impairing one's mental or physical control by alcoholic or drugs is not good because then you will loosen yourself, right? How many of you have been drunk and you regretted what happened? Come on, some of you remember back to college days or maybe last weekend, maybe last night, I don't know. I mean, isn't that fun? You threw up all night. I got so wasted. We drank so much. I woke up in someone else's bed. Isn't that great? And now you have an STD. Now that's not great. That's stupid. Oh, can I just say that? Yeah, I did. You see what that stuff does? Well, if everyone else does, it doesn't mean you're everyone else. You have a higher calling. You don't need to be out of control. You can be in control. And, and the next one is orgies and carousing. This is an excessive feasting and revelry, a party spirit, including alcohol, drugs, and sex, and the like. This is not biblical. Celebrating is cool. And yes, it, we were talking about this uh, last week. We were talking about, uh, with, with the, with, or sometime with a missionary, talking about they used to celebrate weddings for weeks on end. Can you imagine Father the Bride? Boy, they, I mean, can you, I mean it's enough to pay for And then you have to pay for a week's worth of celebrations? This is different. This is just wild wantonness. Yeah, 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 let's do it. This is not biblical. You can celebrate. You can have feasts. You can have parties, but not this party spirit. You doing good? Paul says, listen to this. It says here, Galatians chapter 5, verse 21. The last part of it, after it says orgies and the like, it says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. These are not the fruit of the Spirit. 
And we have lots of people say, I'm free in Christ, man, I can do what I want. The pastor said, no, you can't do what you want. Well, I'm free. Yes, you're free, but this says not to use your freedom. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. You mean I have to be a servant? I don't want to do that. Well, let me go on to the next one. Hebrews 10, 26-27. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and a raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. What? Yes, if you continue to sin and disregard the grace of God, judgment waits for you. The works of the flesh continue done under the name of Christ. God will deal with you. It's not popular teaching. I don't hear the the TV preachers talking about this very often, or the prosperity preachers talking about it, or the feel-good preachers. We need all the truth, amen? Not just some of it. 1 Corinthians 10.23, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. When you allow these things, when, you, we, when the church allows the world to tell us what we can do, we are hurting ourselves. We're hurting the church. We're hurting the name of Christ. And we're not showing the fruit of Christ. Are you good? I have to give this out because we don't teach this very often anymore. I'm considered an old fuddy-duddy, an old-fashioned pastor when I preach this stuff. It's the truth. Moms and dads, you should be the one teaching your kids about this. Tell them to turn off the garbage on MTV. Remember when they used to have actual music videos on that? Some of you that are beyond that date. Turn off some of those so-called reality shows that are perverted. Whenever you have the word is an expletive, Right? Turn that garbage off and say, kids, we don't talk like that. And nowadays, kids talk like because mom and dad talk like that. Kids act like their mom and dad's act. This should not be in the church, amen? Good preaching, amen? Let me talk about some false fruits and I'm going to get down to the, to the good fruits. Okay, here's some false fruits. It's the fruit of judging. Did you know that that's not a fruit of the Spirit? False fruits. Go to the next slide. The fruit of judging is not the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, believers love using this one. Well, I've got discernment, Pastor. Mm, that's a different... The, the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit are different. And this, the gift of spiritual discernment is a whole lot different than, oh, I've got discernment. And I'm discerning that you've you got a bad attitude. It's not, it doesn't take discernment to know when someone's mad or angry. Right? I mean, sometimes men, we're a little thick sometimes. You know? But judging is not a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Well, it's not really judging. I'm just, I'm just stating facts. I'm just saying. Like, isn't that my favorite saying? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right? Let God take care of the judgment. Because the Bible says, for whatever measure you use to judge someone, dun, 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 comes back on you. Isn't that funny how we think that talking behind people's back that no one's ever talking behind our back? Isn't that crazy? And we think, well, I'm judging. Well, I'm, I'm just spiritual. I'm, oh, I'm just discerning that they need help. And I, and I just want you to pray for them. And then the same thing, they're probably doing the same thing about you. Isn't that funny? And think about all the time you're wasting. All the air that you could have been doing something else. Gossip, which goes along with judging, okay? Gossip. We have no right to talk behind people's back. That should be a hearty amen. amen. We have no right to defame people. Remember, the real enemy is Satan, not people. Come on, amen? You are wasting God's time when you gossip. 
The fruit of complaining. Oh, this is my favorite. I'm not complaining. That's just the way I am. I just tell the truth. And my wife and kids, and I, tell, and I, I don't like it, but I, when I start complaining, they say, are you complaining? No. Yeah. No, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to get better at this. In fact, I even told Pastor Daniel and in the staff meeting, I said, if I start complaining during staff meetings, punch me. Well, not punch me. Say, are you complaining? Because complaining does nothing. Amen? It's again, it's a waste of good breath. Griping because you didn't get your way is complaining. Complaining because the pastor changed something is still complaining. Complaining because some of the church did not ask you to do something is complaining. Complaining because they, they did ask you. And then even this, this is another one. Cynicism is a form of complaining. Being critical and cynical. Because you know how many of you know the church, people have faults. Did you know I have faults? I have lots of faults. I can list more than you can list of my faults. But when we begin to become critical and cynical of other people, we're opening up the door for the devil to just hamstring our faith and to cause dissensions and factions in the church. So being cynical, well, I doubt they'll ever do that. I doubt we'll ever reach that 47,000. Get rid of that. We may go over it. Amen? I doubt we'll plant five churches in five years, Pastor. You're smoking something. I don't smoke anything. I don't do that kind of stuff. Never have, never will. Then move on to the next fruit that's not of God. The fruit of self-righteousness. Now, all of you are like, that's not me. Guess what? If the shoe fits, you're going to wear it. This is, I'm better than everyone else. I know the Bible better than the pastor. Because I can speak in King James English. <laughs> Great for you, but no one uses King James English anymore. That's cool. Thus saith thou as, shouldest not as doeth thou as. Self-righteousness is believing you're superior in spirituality. Well, I'm better than all these people. I don't have to worship. Yes, you do. God wants you to worship. I don't need to pray. Yes, you do. Believing that you have arrived. Well, I just go to the church to, to support the pastor. Poor kid. I pray for him a lot. He's, he's not very biblically astute, but I'm going to help him by just coming to the church and helping him. That's not a fruit of the Spirit, by the way. That's self-righteousness. Self-righteousness also is, and I know none of you ever do this, is talking down to people instead of talking to them. You see, when you talk down to people a lot, there's times when you've got to do it. There's, on occasion, you have to talk down. But if you're constantly talking down to people, you're saying, I'm better than you. In all areas of my life, I'm much better than you. I've got it all together. And if that's true, your name would be Jesus. I would be saying your name. We'd be worshiping you. Amen? God forbid that we think... Here's another form of self-righteousness. Having to one-up all the time. Oh, it was a powerful time at the retreat, Pastor Stan. We went to this retreat and God... Oh, that's nothing. I was in my paradigm yesterday and an angel spoke to me. <laughs> Next. Do you see what I'm saying? 
When we're like, oh, that's not, oh man, Pastor Stan, I led my neighbors. Oh, that's nothing. I led my whole neighborhood to the Lord. Next. Do you see what I'm saying? That's self-righteousness. Can I be honest with you? No one likes that. Celebrate people when they have a good story, amen? A good example, a good praise, amen? Don't always, well, that's nothing. I'm more spiritual than you. Don't do that, amen? Good stuff, right? These are not the fruit of the Spirit. Now, oh, aren't you glad I'm going to move on? Let me give you just a couple so we can get ready to go. Number three, the fruit of the Spirit. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature and its passions and desires. Amen? The first one is love. I've got to read this to you, 1 Corinthians. This is the real definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always, what's that word say? Always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. But it says faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. This is true love. Amen? This is God's unmerited love. And how many of you know it is hard to love other people sometimes? It's even hard to love yourself sometimes. And God says, if you abide in me, my love will abide in you. Because the Bible says God is love. You and I have love. We have self-love. We have love for our family. We have love for things. But you and I naturally struggle with God's love. And that's why in John 15, he says, you must abide in me because my love will flow in your life. Amen? It's God-infused love. It's allowing the Spirit to control you. It's love for your enemies. It's love for those who say bad things about you. You see, natural love, love its own. For those that have a, a natural affinity for it, it's easy to love people that are like you, right? It's easy to love people that, that has the same political view as you, right? It's easy for you to love someone that, if they love the same football team that you love. Sometimes, right? Soccer team, whatever. Or, or maybe they're from your country and they're the same tribe. Or It's easy, but see, God says, real love says, I love all people. I love all people, no matter what their background Jesus said in, in Matthew 5.46, If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet one and only your brothers, what are you doing more than the others? Do not even pagans do that? Remember, Jesus said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. This is a love that is real. You see, your love and my love may change, Correct? I mean, we see it all the time. Sadly, in the United States, there's a 50% divorce rate in our nation. I'm not here to demean you, but our loves change. Our affections change. Correct? But you see, God's love is constantly for us and with us. His love is sacrificial. You see, remember, Peter said, I will never deny you. What did Peter do? He denied Christ. How many times? Three times. But Jesus still loved him. Love, true love, is sacrificial. Natural love can reach that as a parent. I mean, a parent will do all that they can. If you try to harm one of my kids, 
I'm going to teach you some things about God. With my hands. Or whatever. But you see that. But natural love says, Jesus, I don't have to beat you. I will give my life for you. Do you see what I'm saying? There's a difference. Natural love goes high in some areas, but supernatural love goes over all. Very rarely, Romans 5, 7 says, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Supreme love makes the supreme sacrifice for those supremely unworthy. That's Christ's love for us. That's true love. Jesus died on the cross for us. Let me move on. Natural love also is, and I'm going to stop on this because I don't want to rush through this. Natural love also, I'm going to stop on natural love. Natural love is also disciplinary. Natural love breaks down here. You see, spiritual love, I'm sorry, real love is disciplinary. Natural love breaks down. Every spoiled child is an example of natural love not wanting to confront. You see, God confronts us because He loves us. My kids hate hearing it from me and I say, I'm doing this because I love you. And I know they're saying, would you stop then? If you really love me, you'd stop. And I would come back because I have to. I have to get the last word in because I'm the dad. I do it because I love you. And I want the best for you. I want you to mature. And you see, sometimes in the church, you have to be confronted in love. You have to be told your errors by a brother or a sister in the Lord. Amen? Or a family member, or sometimes a pastor, or a leader. Hebrews 12.6 is because the Lord disciplines those He loves, and He punishes everyone He accepts as a son. No, not punishes so much as mean, but He disciplines us. He sets us straight. You see, true love sets people straight as well. Amen? True love doesn't say, well, I just love them and I can let them do what they want. You can't do that. That's not true love. True love says, that's wrong. Let me help you. Here's the way. Hebrews 12.10, Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in His holiness. True love keeps both eyes open and truth means more to it than just affection. Affection's cool. Loving people's cool. But see, true love doesn't mean I don't want to offend them. True love says, in real love, I will offend them so that they will wake up. Remember that video that uh, Pastor Craig Crochelle said, I want to get you angry? True love will get you angry about something so that you will realize, I need to change. People with addictions, and they're confronted by their family members or friends. It gets them, well, I don't have a problem. They get them mad to the point that, remember, you cannot change unless you want to change. People can show you your faults all the time, but unless you want to change, unless you want to deal with it, you're not going to change. Amen? True love helps. True love looks to build up. Remember that whole definition of Christ's love? It looks to build. It does not look to destroy, but it looks to build. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? I want to stop right here. I know, with, I know some of you that, that are like type A or you're like, you're like OC, OC, OCD that you have to fill in the rest of the notes. Come back next week. Okay, and I'll give you the rest of those and we'll do a continuation. I'll give you those. And I know there are, don't put them up, guys. Don't put them up. Go to, go to the end right now. Go to the conclusion. God wants us to be filled with His Spirit and with His love. Amen? Where is your fruit? What kind of fruit are you producing? I encourage you to take a spiritual inventory of your life. Say, God, is my fruit more like the world or is it more like you? And you see, count this as a gentle correction today. 
Because God has already been dealing with some of us about some of our things that we've been dealing with in our own lives. This is a gentle reminder by the Holy Spirit because you don't want Him to go to the next step. Check it today. Say, God, help me to check my fruit and let my fruit be your fruit. Amen. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes? Today, I I do want to give opportunity. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you right now. I want Him to tell you, some of you, you already knew before I came in here, before you came in here this morning, what the Lord was going to tell you to do. And we're not to be like the world. We're not to emulate the world things, because the world passes away. And the Bible says the love of the world is the hate of God. We want to be lovers of God and the good, not of the world. We can still enjoy life. Nothing wrong with having good things and enjoying life and relationships and all that. But the love of the world is destructive. Father, would you deliver your church from what the world tells us the church should be like? You died for the church, Jesus. You are the Lord. Father, help the fruit of God. I know this wasn't a happy-go-lucky or happy-feel-good message. This was a, we need, we need the truth. Father, would you confront us with love and truth so we will be free of the world system? Deliver the church in America from pornography. Sexual innuendos. The garbage that we live in. Lord, detox us. Just as this video series we're going to do Sunday night.